the Stressed Out Caregiver Podcast, episode 69. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to the Stressed Out Caregiver Podcast, the show dedicated to providing tips and strategies to everyone caring for an elderly loved one. My name is Casey Price, and this podcast exists to help make your job, the job of caring for your elderly loved one, a lot less stressful. And today I want to talk about an issue that comes up a whole lot in caregiving. And it's it's a question I get asked regularly. In fact, it was asked of me just this morning. And the question is this. My parents or my loved ones are young. Um, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're advancing in age. They're, they're senior citizens, but they're healthy. You know, they're doing well. They're living their life. But I'm worried that something could happen down the line that could in some way disrupt their life, could interrupt uh, the, the life they're used to living and could result in the need for some sort of long-term care. And since I know that that could happen, I want to do what I can today to prepare for it. So what's the one thing we should do to put ourselves in the best possible position to be ready if something happens down the line? So now the key here is the one thing, because there's actually a lot of things you could do, and I'll address that in, 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 in further episodes, and I actually have a, a product to share that will deal with that. But right now, what is the one thing that you could do? If I was going to pick one piece of advice that I could give to people, it would be to make sure the decision-making documents are in place. Now, what are the decision-making documents? The power of attorney, the living will, the last will and testament. Make sure that people can get to your medical records if needed. And if you have these documents in place, if an event should occur down the road and you've done no other planning, at least you would have the person who would be able to step in and help you in a position to act on your behalf quickly with the least amount of stress, the least amount of time, and the least amount of money involved. If you become incapacitated and can't pay your bills, your agent pursuant to the power of attorney can step in and act on your behalf. If you become incapacitated and can't make medical decisions, your healthcare proxy pursuant to your living will or your advanced directive or whatever it might be called in your state because different states have different names for this document, but that person would be able to step in and act on your behalf and make medical decisions. And if you were to pass away, your executor in your will would be the person to step up and manage your estate to make sure what happens to your things are what you would want to have happen to them. They're they're what are um, dictated in the will, the instructions you leave behind. It's the person you know you can trust who's going to do the job in a good and loving way. So if I was going to give advice to anyone or everyone who said to me, what's the first thing I should do? to make sure my loved ones are in the best possible position as they age, it would be to make sure these documents are in place. 
Now, I talk about these documents specifically, sometimes in great detail in, in other episodes of the Stressed Out Caregiver podcast. So I don't really want to go into great depth as to what they are. But let's just say a couple of things like what happens if you don't have them. If you don't have a power of attorney and you become incapacitated and unable to manage your affairs, then your loved ones are going to have to apply to the court to establish that you are incapacitated. That requires doctors, it requires lawyers, it requires a judge. It is a lot, it leads to a lot of uncertainty as in who's going to get to be the guardian because people can fight over that. The people who become your guardian or the person who becomes your guardian, do they think the way you think? Would they be the person who would further your plan that you have laid out for yourself as far as care is concerned? You know, you leave it to chance if you don't make these documents for yourself and don't put the people in positions to make decisions for you who you know you can trust, who you know you can rely on, who you know are going to think the way you think and put you in the best position possible to ensure you will have the, the highest quality of life going forward. So if you don't have a power of attorney, then people are going to have to go apply to become your guardian. It's a long, time-consuming, expensive process. It will cost 10, 15, 20, or more times the cost of, of creating a power of attorney. So get the power of attorney, make sure you have it, make sure you've appointed the person you trust, the right person to serve as your agent pursuant to that document. But what happens if you don't have a living will or a, or a healthcare proxy or a, a medical power of attorney where you've appointed somebody to make your medical decisions for you, where you've laid out the, the choices you would want if you needed care and couldn't make those decisions for yourself? What happens then? Well, again, you may end up your, or not, not you, because you would be incapacitated, but somebody might end up having to go to court and get a judge to approve decisions. Now, that might be necessary, it might not be necessary. Maybe the, the hospital will work with your loved ones to, to help them make decisions on your behalf without the document. But how do you know they're gonna make the decisions you would want them to make? If you feel one way about your end-of-life care, but the people stepping up and trying to make decisions on your behalf feel a different way, you may not be treated the way you'd want to have been treated at the end of your life if you don't have it written down on paper, if you're not giving guidance to the people you want to be making these decisions for you, if you're somebody who wouldn't want to be uh, kept alive if you were in a certain situation, but the people stepping up to make decisions on your behalf don't believe in that and think you should be kept alive and they, and they work to keep you alive. Well, that's not the result you would have wanted. So you, you wouldn't, you know, you'd be suffering. You'd be left suffering. And you could solve that problem if you have a properly executed, a properly drafted, properly executed living will or advanced directive or medical power of attorney again or whatever it's called in your state. And finally, your will. You know, you want the things you've you've earned and created and kept all of your life to go where you want them to. You have a plan in mind of who you want to get your things when you've passed away. Well, you, you, you create the will and you can lay that plan out. And that can be a custom plan. It can be whatever you want it to be. It could be to your family members. It could be to charities. It could be to the church. It could be wherever you want it to go. But if you don't have the will directing who gets what, then it's left to statute. Each state has statutes that say what happens if you die without a will. 
And if you don't appoint your executor, if you don't have somebody you've appointed to manage your estate, you don't know who's going to end up getting that job. And it may not be the person that's appropriate for that job. You want to create a will. You want to appoint somebody to manage your estate as your executor. And you want to direct where your things go when the time comes that you pass away. It's a right you have. Make sure you take advantage of that right and you prepare that document. So, and, oh, and finally, I, I slipped something in when I talked about decision-making documents. I said, make sure people have the ability to access your medical records. Usually that can be done through the power of attorney or the living will, but you may want to prepare something called a HIPAA release so that the person that you would want to have access to your medical records, usually the same person who's going to be your healthcare proxy and or your agent pursuant to the power of attorney has the ability to access those records. That can be important. And you don't want to end up having to go to court or having them end up going to court to get access to records um, because it wasn't specifically done in one of the documents or in a standalone document. So make sure you have some sort of HIPAA release that allows people to gain access to your medical records if needed. And that's it. That's the number one piece of advice when people come and say, you know, my loved one's a young and healthy senior citizen, but we're worried something could happen down the road. What's the step I should take now? What's the first thing I should do? Make sure these decision-making documents are in place. I think it's really important. It's something I tell everyone when the question comes up. So that's... uh, my music just popped up because this is the end of the show. That's it. I hope you got a lot out of that. I hope you take it and you, uh, you move forward and make sure these documents are in place. Make sure your loved one has them. Make sure they move forward to get them if they don't have them. I want to thank you so much for listening today. You know, Keep on the lookout for more episodes. They're coming regularly. Let your friends know about the podcast and send any questions or comments you might have to me, Casey Price. My email is Casey, C-A-S-E-Y, at thestressedoutcaregiver.com. Remember to subscribe to the podcast, and if you could leave a review, five stars is always um is always uh, wonderful. If you could leave a review, I'd greatly appreciate it. Remember, this show is based in New Jersey law. The laws in your state might be different. The content of this show is not intended to be legal advice, but rather information so you can find the help you and your elderly loved one need to provide each of you with the highest possible quality of life and the least amount of stress. And here comes the music. Uh, (laughs) Once again, remember, my name is Casey Price. This is the Stressed Out Caregiver Podcast. And until I have the privilege, and it is a privilege, of talking to you again, I wish you nothing but the best. 